go ahead and start with uh, Exodus chapter 3, and I want to read verses 13 uh, through 15 to uh, start us off today. It says here, Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. And that is the word of the Lord. Amen. So today, today marks Easter Sunday. And that means that Christians all around the world are celebrating the fact that their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has risen from the grave. Now, if we pause for a moment to think about the implications of Jesus rising from the grave, uh, that means men women, and children, uh, people like us who have placed their faith in Christ, have been raised to a new life, and it also means that those who have placed their faith in Christ will one day, like Christ, they will rise from their own graves to be with him. Amen. You see, that is the hope that God has placed in our hearts through the preaching of the gospel. And it's important for us to preach the gospel continually so that we will continue in faith and that we will be strengthened by the Holy Spirit for every good work. So it's wonderful to come here and celebrate Easter, but I want you to know something, that us celebrating Easter today was actually put into motion thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago in our text today when we see that God showed himself to Moses in the burning bush. And he introduced himself to Moses by proclaiming his name. He tells Moses, I am who I am. You see, God, with, that procl- with the proclamation of that name, God reveals his true nature. And with the proclamation of that name, we learn about who God is, and it's completely amazing. Have you ever had those, a situation where you saw something that you just couldn't believe, and the only word you could say is, wow. I mean, that's it, just, just a simple wow. I think this is one of those moments when at the proclamation of God's word, as we are even today, as we are reading it through the Bible, there should be a pause and there should be an observance of how wonderful and miraculous and and just great this occasion is when God reveals his name, because it means something very important. In fact, here's the sermon summary for today. The sermon summary is this. God is who he is. And does as he determines. His will is sovereign. It cannot be changed, slowed, 
are stopped. He is God alone. Let me repeat that. God is who he is, and he does as he determines. His will is sovereign, and it cannot be changed, slowed, or stopped. He is God alone. That is what the name I am, who I am, means. Moses says, basically, when we look at our story, we see Moses, he sees the the, the wonderful miracle of the burning bush, and he wants to know who God is. You see, God said to Moses in verses 10 through 12, Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And God said to him, But I will be with you. Now, in response to this, Moses says, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? In other words, Moses wanted, wanted to know who God truly was just in case they asked him who was sending him to them. Because Moses was being sent to do something that was pretty amazing, pretty unbelievable. He was sent to tell a nation, you need to pick up everything you own and we need to leave. A nation that is, that is uh, living as slaves in Egypt and we're all going to leave all together. Now, you can't blame the Israelites if they asked him a simple question, who are you and who told you to tell us to do this? And that's what Moses is worried about here, and he presents that to God. He presents that to God, and he wants to know who God is. You see, Moses needed a name of authority in order for the Israelites to listen to him. I think as we read this passage, we can understand uh, Moses' reasoning here uh, because many times we point to someone in authority whenever we're trying to convince someone to do something. I see it happen all the time with my kids. If my son goes and tells my daughter early to do something, it's probably not going to get done, right? But if he tells her that mommy or daddy said to do it, then more than likely it's going to get done. There may need to be some motivating done many times, but in most cases, it's going to get done. Why? Because he pointed to someone in authority. It's the same thing with a pastor. It's the same thing with a boss. You see this a lot with coaches. I hardly see any player bow up to a coach and say, I'm not going to do that. He won't find himself on that team, and he'll find himself in a lot of trouble. Moses wanted someone to point back to And God said to Moses, I am who I am. When you talk about pointing back to authority, you can't get much bigger than that. You see, God proclaims his name to Moses. And as I said before, it is amazing. He says, I am who I am. And I am who I am proclaims God's eternal, self-sustaining, self-determining, sovereign reality. In other words, God does what he wants to do. You see, 
In the Old Testament, names of people mattered a lot. And the meaning of the name was of most importance. And the reason why it was so important in the Old Testament was because it revealed the character of its owners. Believe me, I have a lot of experience in picking out kids' names. Right. And most of the time we just pick them out because we like the way they sound or because the first name goes with the middle name or or to memorize somebody. It's it's always to do something, but we hardly pick a name to define a person. So it's kind of odd for us to see it this way. But in the Old Testament, that's exactly the way they did it. And God's name, I am who I am, which is translated Yahweh introduces God's true character to Moses, and that is the fact that God is. He simply is. So what does God's name, I am who I am, reveal about him? I think that's an interesting question for us to ask and something to really think about today. You see, in order to realize the significance of this name, We need to look at other names in the Old Testament that are used to reveal God's character. There are several. I had to choose only a few. But I believe that these names here will help us to identify the importance of the name. I am who I am. First of all, Psalm 148 verse 13 says, let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and the heavens. When it comes to the names of God, I actually had to print a nine page document here so I could have it all handy with me. I couldn't fit it on my my notepad here for my sermon. Um, And and it's okay. I'm not going to read all nine pages. I'm only going to I'm only going to highlight. I don't want to scare you. Um, But when it comes to the names of God in the Old Testament, we see a name that is used to mean that he is Lord Almighty. It is called El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty. It is also it also means all sufficient one. It occurs in the Old Testament seven times and it is used first in Genesis 17, 1. El Shaddai the all-sufficient, the almighty one. The next one is El Eyon, and that it means the most high God. It is found in the Old Testament 28 times. And in fact, 19 of those times it is found in the Psalms. El Eyon is first used in Genesis 14, 18. And it means the most high We see Adonai, which means Lord and Master. It is used in the Old Testament 434 times. It occurs 200 times just in Ezekiel alone, 11 times in Daniel chapter 9. And Adonai is used in Genesis for the first time in Genesis 15 verse 2. Now, this is where it gets really tricky for me in pronouncing some of these. This is Jehovah Nisi. And Jehovah Nisi means the Lord, my banner or the Lord, my miracle. 
In the Old Testament, Jehovah Nisi occurs only once. It is found in Exodus 17, 15. Then there is Jehovah Raha. That means the Lord is my shepherd. I'll give you a guess where that is found. In Psalm 23, it is the only place where it is recorded. Jehovah Raha, the Lord is my shepherd. When you look at Jehovah Raha, it indicates the intimacy God desires between himself and his people. It could actually be translated, listen to this, the Lord, my friend. Then we have Jehovah Rapha, and that means the Lord heals. That is found in the Old Testament. And it is used, or excuse me, it is found once in the Old Testament, and it is uh, found in Exodus fifteen twenty six. It means that Jehovah is the great physician who heals the physical and emotional needs of his people. Then we have Jehovah Shammah. That means that the Lord is there. It occurs only once in Ezekiel. Chapter 48, verse 35. And that indicates, the name was used to indicate that God has not abandoned Jerusalem, leaving it in ruins, but that they were to be restored. And he would be the one who, who would restore them. Then we have Jehovah Sikhenu, and that is the Lord our righteousness. And that, is, that occurs two times in the Old Testament. It is first used in Jeremiah 23, 6. It means to be stiff, to be straight, or to be righteous in Hebrew. Then we have Jehovah Kadash, which means the Lord who sanctifies you. It also means the Lord who makes you holy. It is found two times in the Old Testament, and it is first used in Exodus 31, 13. It also means the Lord who sets you apart. Then we have El Alam, or Olam, and that means the everlasting God, the God of eternity, the God of the universe, the God of ancient days. That is found once in the Bible, and it is used in Genesis 21, verse 33. It literally means forever, eternity, or everlasting. Then we have Elohim, which is God, judge, and creator. Now, that is found 2,000 times, and it is used in Genesis 1, first used in Genesis 1, 1. And it means as a transcendent being who exercises, it means that God is a transcendent being who exercises extraordinary control in human affairs. It also means that he is responsible for the bestowal of unusual benefits. Then you have the word or the name uh, Quana, and Quana is used six times. It is first found in Exodus 20. Verse 5. And the fundamental meaning relates to a marriage relationship. It means that God is a jealous God. 
And it depicts him as Israel's husband. He is a jealous God wanting all of our praise for himself and no one else. Then we have Jehovah Jireh, which is the Lord will provide. That occurs only once in Genesis 22:14. And then we have Jehovah Shalom, which is the Lord is peace. And that is found in Judges 6:24. Then we have Jehovah Sabbat, which means the Lord of hosts. And it is used 285 times in the Old Testament. And it is first found in 1 Samuel 1, 3. And that name denotes his universal sovereignty over every army, both spiritual and earthly. He is the Lord of hosts. That means he is the king of all of heaven and all of earth. So the reason why I share those names with you because is so that you can realize that the name that Moses or that God gave to Moses, I am who I am, is above those names. You see, Yahweh is our God, and his name indicates that he is who he is. And it also indicates that he does as he determines. This name of God, I am who I am, if you will realize, it is the name that is above all names, and that is evident because all the other names, these names that I have read to you this morning, they all come back to this one name. I am who I am. You see, if we just take the definition of the names that I gave you, they describe who God is. And God says, I am who I am, meaning he is the Lord God Almighty. Meaning he is the most high God. Meaning he is Lord and master of everything. Meaning he is the Lord, my banner, my miracle. Also meaning that he is my shepherd. Also meaning that the Lord heals physically, emotionally, in every way. It means that the Lord is there. Not just today, not just yesterday, but always. He is always there. That reminds me of what Moses saw on that mountain. He saw that burning bush. He saw that eternal fire. Burning and yet not consuming the bush. The Lord is always there. Also meaning that the Lord is our righteousness. We can surely appreciate that, especially today. When we acknowledge the risen Christ, he is our righteousness. Also meaning that the Lord who sanctifies you, the everlasting God, the jealous God, the Lord who will provide, he is the Lord of peace, who brings peace to us, and he is the Lord of hosts, the King of kings, and Lord of lords. When he says, I am who I am, that's what it means. 
It means there's nobody like me. No one comes close. You see, when he tells Moses, I am who I am, he reveals his true nature to Moses. And, and, and we, as we read it in the passage here, we have to stop. We have to recognize what is being said. This proclamation of God, this name of God, who it describes. And we must worship. We must be thankful. Because I am who I am, Yahweh has decided to be gracious to us. Who He has given us peace of mind and heart and soul. He has saved us from our sins. He has set us aside to worship him. We are called his children. And truly, if he is for us, then who shall stand against us? And if we really think about who God is, then it changes our outlook in life. Because no matter what we are going through, I am who I am is our God. And we have to know that what we are going through, he's either determined it or he's allowed it. We have to deal with it. We have to trust him in it. But we have to remember that Yahweh I am who I am is our God and that changes everything. So let's talk about some of the implications of of this. Because with the declaration of God's name, you see that requires a response from his people. His name, and once we understand the meaning behind it, it must have an effect on us. First of all, when we see the, the revelation of his name, We must take Yahweh at his word. You can see this interaction between Yahweh and Moses. And Moses, there is doubt in Moses, even after he hears the name. But when we hear the name, I am who I am, his name must invoke us to trust him. It must, because his name is saying that there is no one greater than I. There is no one who loves you more than I. There is no one who can, who can thwart my plans. There is no one who can do anything against me. So at his name, we must trust him. What he says comes to pass, and it comes to pass without fail. You see, Moses... It's easy for us to look at the passage and say this is what he should have done. But Moses should have just said, yes, Lord. And so should we. So should we. You see, this is God's name forever. And he says we must remember him in the light of his name. On that day, the name that God, that, that the name of God was revealed, not only to Moses, but also to the rest of humanity, the appropriate response from his children is to trust him, to always remember who they worship, and to give full devotion to him. That is what, that's, the, that's the appropriate response his children should give to him. 
But the question is, is that what really happens? Many times we fall short of that. Many times we get caught up in our own lives. Many times we forget that our God is greater than the storm we face. Many times our doubt gets the best of us and we forget that we worship Yahweh. We forget that we worship the Lord of hosts, the King of kings. And when we forget that, we forget who we truly are in Christ and anxiety and worry and everything else that is bad comes in and it hurts us. It makes us fall back in faith. It, it, it helps us or it hurts us to trust God more. And we need to understand that God is not an angel. When he introduced himself, he was not introducing himself as an angel. He is not a man like us, but he is God alone. And his name deserves reverence and it deserves obedience. Listen to this out of Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. It says, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So what does this mean for us today? It's really simple. I think we complicate the Christian life a lot, and we, we truly do not need to. I think we worried about what God is calling us to do, and all the while it's pretty plain what God is calling us to do. We look for something that is extra biblical many times. Like we want to hear a word. We want to we see the sky open up, and we want to hear a word come down from God directly just for us so we can feel special. That's what a lot of people look for. They look for a sign or something else. And God has already revealed what our calling is in his word. And it is so, so simple, but few, few really focus on that and live on what God has called us to do. You see, Yahweh has called us to be obedient to his word. Told you, it's not profound, right? It's there. It's simple. It's easy. To, to point out, but it is very difficult to do. But he has called us to be obedient to his word. And when I talk about being obedient, I mean repenting whenever you're not obedient. Because his word calls us to do that. So Yahweh has called us to be obedient to his word as a Christian. That is your calling. He has also called us to evangelize. He has called us to evangelize. We were all, every single one of us, are evangelists. And we evangelize with our mouths and we evangelize also in deed. Obedience helps us to evangelize. Not that it makes us look good, but it helps us point the person we're evangelizing to the Lord. And as Christians, we are all called to evangelize. That doesn't mean we only share our faith at church. It doesn't mean that we only share our faith where it's comfortable. 
but that we share our faith all the time. In fact, our faith is part of our lives. We are simply Christians. We are simply children of God. And God is evident in us in word and deed. As Christians, Yahweh has also called us to make disciples. So he has called us to obedience. He has called us uh, to evangelize. And he has called us to make disciples. That means that every Christian should be either getting poured into or pouring into someone else. That's what it means. We come together to fellowship. We, we, we dedicate ourselves to the reading of God's word, to the study of God's word. And we don't simply just keep that to ourselves. We find someone to evangelize to. We share the gospel with them. And praise the Lord, if the Lord brings them to saving faith, then we begin to pour into them. All the while, while someone else is pouring into us. And so the cycle continues. As we evangelize, we make disciples. And Yahweh has also called us to serve one another. We are to weep with those who weep. We are to rejoice with those who rejoice. We are to help each other in every way that we can. That's what we are called to. And you see, this is not my grand idea. Believe me, I'm not trying to just convince you to do some church work. (laughs) This is not something that I just thought of. You see, I can do the same thing that Moses did. I can point back to the name that has authority. I am who I am has called you to do these things. It's different when... It's just me. And I say, hey, I I need you to do these things. Or even if I even want to try to act tough and say, you will do these things. It is not I, but it is the Lord. I am who I am, who has called you to a life of obedience. He has called you to evangelize. He has called you to make disciples. And he has called you to serve one another. Today, today I hope that you see him in a different light if you hadn't seen him in this light before. Today I hope you see him as who he truly is. He is, I am who I am. And I pray that your response to him today is not one of doubt, not one to of conflict, but rather your response to him is, yes, Lord. Let us pray.